Welcome to Machine Machine Learning. It's been a long week. Did a lot of podcasts on energy this week. And uh, the reason why I'm focused on energy right now is because energy is so expensive. And there's a paradox going on. And the paradox is supply and demand. If demand is is increasing, the market should be increasing supply. Otherwise, price will go up. And because it's not increasing supply, we know there's a problem. And that problem is high prices. And in any mar- competitive market, when there's high demand, you'll have many competitors enter into that sector to meet the demand. Um, and the reason why is because pro- they will set, they will realize that there's profits to be earned. And the reason why energy um, prices are so high is there is some sort of barrier preventing competition. That barrier would be quotas, tariffs, regulations, etc. And and so the either Shell Oil has a massive amounts of excess, or they're not allowed to bring that excess to market. And um, I one I had one article. I think I've I've shared this a long time ago, but the American oil company says they're only allowed to compete for 7% of the world's oil, only 7%. So there must be some sort of regulatory process that is creating this barrier to supply. Well, that's okay, because that creates innovation, and that innovation is hydrogen. And... uh I might be playing into the green hand by saying hydrogen, but it's been a technology that I've been watching for quite some time and wondering uh, why it hasn't been used, considering the cost-effectiveness now of fuel cells. It used to be the fuel cell stack would cost you a million dollars. And they can now mass produce those fuel cell stacks for under $10,000 or less. Um, at one time, I was reading about a um, company that said that they would could introduce a fuel cell stack for four or five thousand dollars using nanomaterials. And why didn't that company come to market? It may have been that the market shifted to electric batteries and low-cost fuel cells were blocked. And so they were worried about the fact that they Carbu had carbon fiber tanks that could hold the, the hydrogen but where would you get the refueling? Well, yesterday we talked about how Clarity 
which is by Honda, was going to have a hydrogen refilling station that you could put in your home. So use electrolysis and a compressor and the electrolysis would build the hydrogen using just regular tap water and electrolyzer or a catalyst could be uh, potassium hydro hydroxide you have a stainless steel coil and when that coil gets bad you could just replace it pop it out, put the new one in. And all you would do is connect your hose to the tank, turn it on, just like you would with a compressor, air compressor, and within three to four hours, have your car refilled. Easy solution. Electricity to hydrogen. And there's plenty of company of uh, hobbyists now that are working on producing hydrogen. And, and it's kind of like a challenge to see how to build a configuration to increase surface area that will um, produce the most liters of hydrogen per hour. But the one I thought was most interesting was uh, potassium hydroxide, which is in a solid form. Just put a teaspoon of that in with your water, and then you have your stainless steel coil, and you have a positive-negative. Connect that to a uh, power source, AC to DC, converter, and turn it on. But you never know what kind of regulations now are, are, are in effect to prevent hydrogen production. But if you, let's say you can't use hydrogen production because of regulation, well then use HHO. Learn how to build HHO water and burn that. I would really like to set up a HHO generator and see how much electricity I could generate. But if you don't like HHO and you don't like hydrogen, look at magnetic motors. At one time, there was this company from Australia that you could buy a magnetic motor generator and it would produce 20 kilowatts of electricity. And I really like that company and wanted to buy their system. But the system is not available today. Instead, we have to buy diesel power generators 
They cost about 20k or more, and they run on big barrels of diesel. And that's been the pattern that India's used to deal with their power shortages is diesel-powered generators. So if you can't if you don't like magnetic motors, you don't like HHO and you don't like hydrogen, what are you left with? Well, you're left with renewable. But before we go to renewables, let's talk about low-energy nuclear reaction. Now, someone's going to build a 20-kilowatt LNAR generator that uses electricity to start the nuclear reaction. And make the unit a few feet in size instead of a whole big container. It's a small little container, maybe the size of a water heater that produces electricity. Uh, we could use the low energy nuclear reactor um, to power up homes. Well, if you don't like the low-energy nuclear reactions because you don't like nuclear power, let's talk about fusion power. You can now use the Brussels, Brussels, Wiffle Ball technology um, converted into, let's say you use the the model that was used, built for building a fusion reaction to power an ion drive for star travel. And, the, and you completed funding for the Lambda fusion reactor. And that reactor powers enough power to provide electricity at 23,000 homes. And it's less size than a nuclear reactor. So you retrofit your existing reactors, your fission reactors, with the fusion generators and see exponential increase in power and reduce the cost of electricity a thousandfold. Now you use fusion. So all of these ideas, as fantastic as they are, will not hit mainstream markets because of barriers. So I have to start in the grassroots group where you can create very low-cost energy as a hobbyist. And then hobbyists 
share their information and their fabrication processes through YouTube. And you have to gain enough credibility that it's not a hoax, because that's the big thing now with energy production is it's all a big hoax. So you have to stay with the expensive centralized power generation and fission reaction, which is very expensive to uh, store and maintain that fission reaction. And it's interesting because Russia owns a lot of our uranium. So if Russia's at war with Ukraine, will they start to increase the cost of our uranium or even worse, cut it off? But they bought that uranium through uh, through companies they acquired in Canada. They ran that uh, article in the Wall Street explaining how Russia acquired control of our uranium. That should all be dissolved and, and broke up into privatization and removed from foreign ownership. But, you know, it's time for a change. Fission reaction energy has it still produces a large portion of our energy most of it's natural gas electricity is produced by natural gas now it was big coal 50% was big coal but big coal has been uh, done away with so why not introduce fusion hydrogen Orion 11, a um, confinement field or well, 100, 100 million Celsius degree temperature in a polyhedron forming plasma. Plasma then heating up water and producing electricity. Why not invest into black light again? Why didn't they go public? You know, that was the big talk of of uh, black light going public. Why did they get shut down? Well, where's Randall with his new theories on quantum states and hydrinos? Don't hear of it. Off the grid. Gone. Why? Because energy can is being controlled. And we're at the mercy of this high cost of energy. And it will continue to get worse. I mean, you will listen to this podcast in the future when I tell you that gas is going to eight dollars and then you'll be like how could it have gone from five dollars to eight dollars what is going on what is going on that's going to change this system that has us in a stranglehold innovation at the edge of chaos 
the high technology groups know how to fix the energy problem, but they are afraid of power. And so they're only allowed to think within a certain realm, and that's AI and machine learning, because those two things consume power. They don't produce power. Well, if you don't like any of these solutions, let's just talk about seawater. We can take seawater and convert it to hydrogen using sunlight and produce electricity and clean water. So we don't have to just work, run it through reverse osmosis and, and produce clean water. That's expensive. It takes lots of electricity, a lot of power to do that. We can just go straight from seawater to hydrogen and uh, utilize the byproducts. Or we could take wastewater and run, run that using uh, bacteria that produce electricity. We could take bacteria that's consuming wastewater, produce electricity from it. And then run it through reverse osmosis clean the water, and then consume the water. But that would imply that we would need to make modifications to the existing water treatment plants, and it has to go through all of the subcommittees and committees of Congress, and you're in the political quagmire. Same with renewables. You're in the political quagmire. Except that they're allowing for these expensive solar cells, solar systems, to be placed on your home, and the government subsidizing it. Why is the government subsidizing a system that costs at least sixty to eighty thousand dollars if you were to purchase it on the market? because of their push for renewal, renewables. And the government always pushes for things that uh, have a taxation element to it. Subsidizing is really a form of the deferred taxation. So it makes sense for me to invest in a Roth today in anticipation of 35, 40, 50% taxation when I retire. Pay the taxes now while it's cheap because in the future taxes will be higher. And maybe eventually the Roth will be done away with. I don't know. But it is a defense if you believe that higher taxation is in the future. Well, that would imply that there's more socialization in the future, which means that there has to be higher taxation. 
forced distribution of wealth. I would rather have capitalization and low taxation, allow myself to capitalize, build up my money, and then look for investment opportunities where I can make more money and become wealthy. In the process, also create jobs. That's the type of innovation that uh, really starts to make sense. And America's always had that technology. Well, the last technology, if you don't like any of these technologies, is just draw power wirelessly from the ether through zero point. And, the, and that's one... Uh, there, there's a series of uh, podcasts I'm going to give this week on Zero Point. Zero Point is, been, is a huge technology that has largely just died. I um, don't know what caused the death of Zero Point because it was such a convincing and powerful technology but it uh, just like uh, cold fusion there's so many political scientists that have jumped on the bandwagon to shut it down ignored the fact that there are labs that have verified the low-energy nuclear reactions, and have recreated the process, ignoring the fact that there are companies that have now built a business model on LNAR for uh, support of grid excess and shortage and to meet certain environmental regulation requirements. Ignoring those facts and ignoring the fact that there was companies that got close to the consumer through the water heater, but nothing went large scale that could significantly impact the consumer's pocket. So we still have lots of poverty and people looking to the government to solve their poverty problems, to give them a house, to give them food, instead of working to create innovations that bless everyone. And so this reverse and reversion back to depression economics is disturbing. I think I would rather grow my own food than go stand in a food line and ask for food. I would rather learn how to develop my own energy than to spend all my money on the production of energy in a distant location, even though... One might say 
that the centralized energy production is so much better because it's cost effective and you can consume larger portions of it on demand. You will have to have lots of energy to run your washing machine. You'll need to have lots of energy to be comfortable. And so the argument is centralized power is comfortable. And it works with all the appliances. But so with this low energy nuclear reactor in your home. That's a reactor. But I don't want a nuclear reactor in my home. I don't want to I don't understand nuclear reaction. I don't understand how it works. And so there's a fear. And it's all in the imagination. Why not just lease it and let a company take care of it, maintain it, and monitor it? Well, that seems like a lot of hassle to go through just to get hooked up to the grid. Well, you get hooked up to the grid through natural gas. It's quiet, but there's monitors that are monitoring your natural, natural gas consumption. And natural gas is heating your water, natural gas is running your furnace that keeps you warm. It's an energy source that's very quiet, and but you pay your monthly fee for the natural gas. So why, why not replace the natural gas and the electric uh, on the grid and just plug into a LNER unit that you lease? Well, there were several companies that were saying, that's a great idea. Let's let's make that unit a fuel cell, and we'll take a, and convert the natural gas uh, using a solid MSOFC, a solid oxidizing fuel cell. And it will produce a byproduct, largely sulfur, and we'll come and clean that out for you, do the maintenance on it, and we'll run that through fuel cell, so natural gas to hydrogen. And you'll run it through fuel cell, and then you'll discard the water, maybe to, through an outlet that waters your plant. But that system would cost you $50,000 back in the day. Very expensive. So you're, you're, you're getting these systems that could do the work, but you have to pay lots of money for them. And then you look at the natural gas hookup, it doesn't cost you anything. But they charge you on the utility. So they have just so many consumers that are using the natural gas. that it would only make sense to not charge for installation. Well, what about going to the people that 
produce the natural gas and say, hey, let's do a cogeneration system, get people off the grid, and just use natural gas and a fuel cell and a fuel cell. And so you'll increase the consumption of the natural gas and you'll decrease their consumption of electricity off the grid. Why haven't they done that? Why haven't hasn't the natural gas companies invested into home fuel cell technology? Not cost effective. That's the first thing they'll argue. Not cost effective. And secondly, they can't make the they can't make enough money by selling the increase in natural gas for the water heater, the the electricity, the clean water. They can't make enough money off of that to justify putting these units into place and giving them an option to go off-grid and just run off natural gas. What about innovation? Where is this innovation from companies that recognize that this is a potential profit center, that they could build the technology to convert the natural gas to hydrogen and run the homes, produce the 20-kilowatt system from the natural gas using something the size of a, an AC unit. Where is that innovation? But why even need an AC unit? Just use some sort of heat exchanger and blow the hot air out through a compressor, which is basically what an uh, air conditioner is. With high energy costs and the more consumption of electricity, as populations grow, you can't wait till the system breaks to begin to innovate. Innovation has to begin now while the system is up. And so when you're in a crisis and, and you can't get electricity because there's shortages like there are in India, and you're angry at the government because the government is corrupt, and the innovators don't have any money because they've waited too long to build the future, then you're in a true crisis, a crisis of your own design. And yet there is the opportunity to begin to innovate today through the grassroots movements and to build these devices and see if the market is willing to pay for them. I think if someone came along with and said, hey, we will put you on a program that our device will cost $100 a month, which is the cost of my electricity, or say it's $50. It's got to be. It's got to make sense to make the conversion. So $50 a month, and we'll lease it to you for $50 a month. 
you go off grid and you just run on natural gas. So I just pay my natural gas fee. My natural gas fee goes up and I'm running the converter, but I'm getting water. I'm getting uh, hydrogen for my fuel cell car and I'm getting electricity. I think I'd do it. 